Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. We went to an Upper West Side food truck collection yesterday. I mean, don't make people jealous. Wait, I guess it's not a collection. It's more like a... Uh, it was a parking lot. It was, it, was it, was a par- it was a parking lot. It was a parking lot, and it was filled with food trucks. But what what is a what is a, a gaggle of food trucks? Yeah, like a murder of food trucks? Yes. A lot of food trucks, a lot of people yeah. on the Upper West Side, and... Our brother Dan and I went to the one with the shortest line. Smart. Which was a great choice. You. I went to the barbecue one because I hadn't gotten enough barbecue down in Austin, Texas. So you waited on that line. Dan and I got our... I mean, listen, I got brisket. He got pulled pork. So that's barbecue too. And this was voted one of the best food trucks on the Vendies. Oh, it got a truckie. Is the truckie an award? The truckie is the best of the murder, you know? Right, right, right. So we got our food we walked over and we ate it and by the time we finished you had gotten sort of close to the truck and, and then you gave up well i got i got fed up with the people behind me you who didn't were get having, fed you got fed up i got fed up with the people behind me who were having the worst conversation on earth and so i left for the truck that you guys had gone to yeah 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 and then the people behind me followed. Oh, no. And so I was still stuck in this awful conversation. So, by the time you got your food at the truck that Dan and I had been at, Dan and I finished our food. We went inside to what was like tag sale and a whole bunch of tables with old jewelry and like used clothing and all that stuff. You know, when people ask what's going on on the Upper West Side. It's popping. It's popping. I'll tell you. Yeah. So Dan and I go in there. A lot and of turquoise. We're walking. There was turquoise in there. We're walking around just like looking. I mean, we're not even like looking to get anything. It was just cold outside. And... We are walking down the center aisle, and I just hear, oh, my God, it's the real. And so I look up, and it's these three kids who are probably in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like, oh, my God, it's you. And I say, hey, I'm Eric, and this is Dan. Uh, Jeff, who you you know might see with me a lot of the time, is, is outside waiting online. And he was like, oh, my God, I love your podcast. So we start talking about the podcast. And in the middle of it, this kid Josh is like, hey, man, your music, how is it? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I mean, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Y- you, you listen. You, you let me know. You should have spit like a quick like thousand bars for him. Well, no. See, the the, the women who Dan should have beatboxed. The, the women whose table we were in front of mm-hmm. were getting very angry that we were there, and I think impeding on the imaginary traffic that was going to come and check out this this secondhand jewelry. But I would say to Josh and to everyone out there, we have it, what is in my mind a great rap album that exists online and you can press play and you can hear it yeah but has it gotten a truckie i I, I, you know what i can't confirm nor deny that it's gotten a truckie Mm -hmm. but i'll say that it's dope music right it murders you can it is a murder you can go listen to it right now on all the streaming services and that's spotify and Tidal and google play and pandora and apple music and everywhere yeah so i leave it up to you guys the listeners Go listen and let us know what you think. No, don't let us know. Tell Josh. Guys, go listen to our album. It's called Teddy Bear Fresh. It's by It's The Real, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L, no apostrophe, no spaces, and it's available everywhere. That's the best way to have a conversation with us. Be like, I know your work. Not just like, hey, you. <laughs> I love your podcast. I'm very ambivalent no, to guess, everything else. That's right. I, I guess I guess he does know some of the work. Yeah. But that's another thing, too, that I'm, I'm very interested in, what people consider us. Like, I know what we consider ourselves. Right. There are certain people who call us podcasters, certain people. I got called a journalist. That's crazy to me. Because what part of this is journalism? You know, we're, we're up here talking about, like, how'd you get your driver's license, right? Yeah. We're not like, hey, like detectives, like, how'd well, you get I guess, your... 
I guess if you really think about it, we're breaking news, but it, it, it would have to be that you consider someone getting their driver's license news. Right. Or, like, how'd you do on your SATs? We do a lot of high school questions. Yeah. <laughs> someone someone said that they love our podcast because we're the only ones who trail a person's life from the pussy. <laughs> which, which is a great metric. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how we should describe our podcast from now on. Not like the best storytellers in hip-hop. It's... Yeah. We we tell stories from the pussy to the grave or whatever. <laughs> so, listen, guys. Whatever you think of us, hip-hop sketch comedians, podcasters, journalists, rappers. Pussy grave makers. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Murder that pussy. Mm-hmm. We are we are just it's the real. That's yeah. who we are. It's this umbrella, right? We do a lot of things and we just do it well. That's what we do. We yeah. do it really well. We appreciate that you guys rock with us. And honestly, to Josh and his two friends, I appreciate the fact that we got that FaceTime inside amongst all the jewelers in there. And I'm glad, Jeff, that you got your food. Yeah. I am also glad I got my food. It took <laughs> fucking forever. Oh well. Did it make it taste better? No. <laughs> But I mean, like, you know, shouts them on getting a, a Vendi or a Truckee or a whatever. Truckee, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Jeff, today on the podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Count on Vic. Our Victoria, friend Victoria. Yeah, Victoria Jacoby. She's dope, and we've known her. This is our first time actually meeting her. Right. And she, like us, it gets a lot of confusion online because people are just like, oh, are you just a twitter personality are you an nba insider do you work for this place or that place or do you just hang around and go to basketball games yeah, and well, the answer i mean by yes. the way the the my new favorite thing yes my my old favorite thing was to say come to brazil on instagram, on instagram. yes i'm now gonna start saying what do you do what do you in do? comments like nardwar yeah no not like that but like leor like <laughs> <laughs> who are you um <laughs> No, to to because I feel like that's the most asked question on Instagram. It's the most annoying thing. You just want to be straight up. I'm just like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Well, what if it's more like antagonizing? Who are you? What Actually, who are you is a is a very like existential question. What if you do it in all caps? Who are you? <laughs> who are you? So our friend Victoria Jacoby, count on Vic is an NBA insider. She is a dope Twitter personality. She does go to all these basketball games, but there's much more to her. She's from Israel originally. Mm-hmm. We get into that. We talk about coming to America at age 11. Oh, we should have talked about the movie Coming to America. We should have. She she at by the time she was 11 knew four languages. We talk about the differences between Israeli Jews and American Jews. Yeah, because she moved into the Upper East Side, which, which is, is yeah, so Jewish. Very Jewish. We talk about how she didn't know what she wanted to do in life. Fashion, PR, all this stuff. How she got into basketball. Guys, for anybody who wants to know the difference between saying something on Twitter and actually showing your face in an event, she yeah. is the person that really you should mold your life after because she went out there and did it. No resume, right. no connections, just wanted to get into the sport of basketball, and here she is killing it. As a Mad Rashad. That's, that's who she is today. She grew up to be a Mad Rashad. So, guys, this is a good episode. Follow Count on Vic. She's a friend of Kobe's. There's, there's reason enough to follow her, right? Jeff, when do you want to get into this? Uh, right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Money Ain't a Thing, a.k.a. Bitcoin. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. New York Translator for the Hard of Hearing, a.k.a. Juhard. <laughs> Yo, what up? It's Vic. <laughs> and I don't know what comes next. <laughs> yeah, this is a waste of time, but this is the real. Vic, what's happening? What's going on, guys? I'm Every- so excited to be here. Everything's good. Welcome to the Upper West Side. Thank you. I'm an Upper East Side girl. 
we are better than you. It feels, whoa, a, it, whoa, whoa. It feels a little weird, I'm going to be yeah. honest. Like, we don't usually, like, you know, extend an olive branch across Central Park, but, you know. There's nothing on the Upper East Side except for money. I know. Congratulations <laughs> on the, on the, the exactly. Second Avenue train. <laughs> All right, so you just came in from Brooklyn. You saw uh, the Cavaliers beat the Brooklyn Nets. Let's be honest. A couple years ago, five years ago maybe even, everyone had some type of opinion about, you know, LeBron. But let's just for a second acknowledge this man in his 15th season doing what he's doing, literally willing his team to wins right now, especially like going into the playoffs and they just clinched the third spot in the East. I think that's very important for them. And Kevin Love is back. Which is great. Yeah, that was great. Um, And I feel like, you know, with having Jordan Clarkson and those younger guys now on the team, I think that's a boost they needed. And I feel like the team as a whole is happier. Right. So you are a tried and true Lakers fan. Yes, sir. And uh, there's a couple of former Lakers on the Cavs. On the Nets too. I mean, let's on the talk Nets about too. D'Angelo yeah. Russell. <laughs> so, what is that like? I mean, are you are you torn? They're like my babies. Right. I don't know. It's, Who it's, do you root for? Do you sit there with your arms crossed? I well, <laughs> well, I love D'Angelo Russell. I think when they give you the balloons, do you clap them together? Do you do any I, of that? I I do not do that anymore because they caught me doing that once, <laughs> and someone had it at like a screenshot of. They literally the game on pause and just me going crazy behind so your the like clout was up on, on tv <laughs> on the te- yes yeah. on the television <laughs> yeah you don't want to be a meme so i was just like i'm not doing this again so now like i try not to you know show up to games with you know showing too much support for either team right unless sure. it's the lakers and yeah then i do get a little bit of shit for that yeah um you know it was lakers knicks and and uh tim hardaway jr wasn't happy with me he's like get away from me i don't want to <laughs> see you with that laker hat oh man so take but it off did the knicks win because obviously the knicks, prob- knicks probably the won, knicks right? won yeah that's right by three points and i was there with my boy ben lyons shout out ben shout out yeah. to ben lyons shout out to ben um i was in my laker gear he was in, the, in his knicks gear and um I still owe him a hat because you were like, whoever wins this this game, you know, owes the other person. By the way, so a hat, you so. B- before we before we turned the mics on, you were like, well, are you guys Knicks fans? And we said yes, and it's I said it's hard to sort of like leave, you know, even when things are terrible, it's hard to leave. Ben Lyons left though. Ben Lyons used to be like a big time Knicks fan, but I think I think I saw recently he was just like, no, I'm not I'm not with it anymore. He's he will always be. With it. <laughs> Let's just talk about Ben for a second. Yes. In his core. He literally goes to sleep with just Nick's dreams in his head, like just <laughs> oh, Nick's sad. players, like like Patrick Ewing, yeah. just like up there, you know. I mean, no, that's better than like Isaiah Thomas or like something like. <laughs> this is true. Way, like darker. Those are nightmares. Yeah, yeah. but um, you know, he's he's a diehard Knicks fan. I don't ever see that changing. He does root for Utah, though. The Jazz are like his second, his second. Um, team i don't know if i'm allowed to say that sorry ben <laughs> love you though all right uh, but he does call them you know the sister teams so wow like, yeah. well you know jews and mormons you <laughs> yeah, know. Just, that's it's like peanut butter and chocolate you know <laughs> I guess, yeah I guess, I guess that's here we are um let's start at the very beginning where are you originally from so i grew up in israel like like born there yeah born and raised in israel like so you're Haifa, like, you have you, know? you have like a dual citizenship or are you just like israeli or who are you dual yeah t- tell us about your immigration papers know, yeah. <laughs> dual citizenship i um you know so my mom when i was 11 my mom does cancer research so she kind of was invited here to run a cancer research lab at memorial sloan kettering cancer wow. center wow 
Yeah, no big deal. She's just curing cancer. Right. Yeah. I'm right. Here at basketball games. Right. Right. Exactly. Both very important yeah. jobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> important. So, um, and my dad was always, you know, he had always had friends here and um, tapped into some like business in the food industry. So, we made the move when I was eleven. They're both Israeli. They're both Israeli. Wow. Um, my mom actually went to college in Russia in Moscow. Whoa. So. Yeah, it's a lot of languages all over yeah. the place. I speak four. Do you really? Early. Yes. English. English. Hebrew. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Russian. Russian. Yeah. 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 And I'm. What's the bonus? Yeah. I'm fluent in Spanish. Argentine Spanish. Wow. Wow. Growing up in Israel, it's like a thing to watch these like little shows. So when Tell I was six. Novelas? No, not necessarily. When I was six, I started watching this show, Chiquititas. Which is. It was like little little kids, right? Okay, yeah. So it's like all these kids and they have like the you know, just childish problems and some of it, yes, is kind of like novella, whatever. But I just picked up on it really fast. And then, you know, my mom noticed the accent also. She's like, Okay, so you speak like an actual Spanish person. <laughs> so um when we moved here, actually we had this neighbor who's who was from Argentina mm-hmm. and I took an hour a week to just sit down and talk to him. We just we we would just have a conversation, and I went from freshman year at Ramaz just being really good at, in class to mm-hmm. just straight up going to honors wow. so sophomore year. Yeah, you could have an hour long conversation uninterrupted, totally in yes, in sir. Espanol. In Espanol. Yeah. And also, I lived in Barcelona for oh, oh wow for eight months. Mm-hmm. So uh, in high school? No. Okay. After like. Abroad. Wait, eight months? Did you go to jail? (laughs) What happened? Did you go to jail? Like eight months in Barcelona? (laughs) What happened? Eight months in Barcelona. I was like, I want to travel and see things. And everything is close in Europe. Like you just need like an hour flight and you're somewhere. Okay. You move here at at what point? When I was 11. Okay. So a good 10 plus years in Israel. If you stayed there, you would have gone to the army. I would have gone to the army. I didn't want to. Right. I never wanted to. Um, it wasn't ever like anything against, you know, what Israel is about mm-hmm. as a country. I just, I, I don't believe in war. I don't believe in all those things. And I just felt like, you know, the struggle on both sides has been perpetually, you know, so bad. And you see kind of both sides when you're there. And I was like, I want no part of this. As right. a kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, um, yeah. That's that's kind of how that happened. And I was lucky that we moved before the age of 14. Because I feel like, I think that's how the rule is. If you're over 14 and you move, you kind of have to go back. And it's like some paperwork. And there you have to go through like a whole thing if you want to do the army. Yeah. How much of a reality was it for you from 0 to 10 that there were explosions and terrorism happening Mm. as often as they did? Um, I remember very vividly when I was seven or eight, going to second grade, third grade, um, going to school with gas masks, because we had to. So that kind of is always with me. And I feel like, you know, like, as a kid, you don't really like, oh, you joke about it when you get to school. Like, oh, it's all jokes. You're never, we're never going to use this. But you hear, like in the sky, you hear things happening. Um, and, you know, we moved after 9-11 happened. But when 9-11 happened, I remember, like, everybody there was in shock because it was, like, the afternoon, like, late afternoon for us. And I remember I was in the car with my dad, and he goes, 
oh my god the second one just fell and i was like second what and he's like oh these two towers and then we get home and we see what's happening on the news and it was just like so it's real in other places too like in israel it, it was more like my mom was scared to put me on a bus for like a good year and a half because she's like it may explode and restaurants and all these things and then you you kind of see what's happening like in Gaza on the other side too and it's like your heart is torn like you don't know what to think you know and you're on one side and then you know you have friends that are from the other side as well like my dad had so many friends so it hurts and then like a friend's brother dies a 19 year old kid it's crazy yeah so you don't really know how to process that but it's always with you it's Mm. always there that's why I stay away from politics. I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't really know enough to have a, an opinion on it, I feel like. I can always be educated by someone else. And that's why I feel like, you know, the, the farthest I can be. <laughs> Far away. So wait, how many siblings do you have? I have a little brother who was born here on the Upper East Side. <laughs> no big deal. This kid, yeah, my little brother Ben, I love him. Right. But. So so it was just you. What was growing up in Israel like? It was very, very, very chill. Like, you know, we lived um, very close to the sea. So, you know, we had a really nice house, a lot of friends. Most of my family is still there. Um it was very, it was, it was very like relaxed. And then, you know, all of a sudden my mom calls me after <laughs> tennis practice. She goes, well, we're moving. I was like, okay, have a good time guys. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. We're all going in four months. And I was like, okay, I guess, I guess like this is what's happening. And I cried like a, like a 10 year old. Yeah. You know, but I was also like, I don't know, I don't know English really. Like you, you they teach you the 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 basics. The basics, yeah. yeah but you, it's like, very like proper English, right? Oh, like yeah. Yeah, like d- table, desk. Hello. Hello, yeah. pupils <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. Like I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, but then you know we moved, and thankfully I have a knack for. Had you been to like, America just, before? Um, we visited when I was eight, I think. To New York or? To New York and we did San Francisco. That's, I mean, still you're young. So you, did you have any idea what like American life was going to be like? Absolutely not. Especially like the American Jewish community in New York is very, very different than anything. What? (laughs) Very, very different. You don't say. Yeah. So you showed up here and where did you move? We moved to the Upper East. To the Upper East Side. Yes. What were your cultural references like at that point? Like, did you know, like, what were you watching? Like, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York? Like, were you... (laughs) I loved all those movies. And, you know, I was a big fan of Family Matters Mm -hmm. and The Fresh Prince Mm -hmm. and all these things. I was like, if we go there, like, are all these homes like this? (laughs) Like, is Will Smith going to meet me at the house? (laughs) And then he did. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then and then all these New York movies. Yes. So I did watch a lot of that stuff, but it wasn't just for the four months. I kind of grew up yeah, doing that. Yeah. Um, but did you like have a crash course in American no, English? Absolutely not. So what happens when you get here? What do you do? I was thrown into private Jewish school mm-hmm. um, and I had to deal. No lessons on the side, no type of help. My parents both at work at all times. I kind of had to maneuver through the city. That's why I know it so well because I've just been walking since, since forever. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like. Um, and wait, so eleven years old, you're just like, I'm gonna go to the grocery store myself. 
I wasn't buying groceries. Okay, time. Yeah, yeah. But, but also, yes, it was literally it was like a different that. time, Eric. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was literally. I've like seen that. Home Alone too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was doing things on my own. I yeah. had no. I mean, I never had any type of nanny or babysitter or any type of help like that. It was kind of like grandma in Israel. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when we moved here, my parents were like, "Okay, can you do this?" I was like, "Sure." Whoa. Just the type of kid I am. And how far like, away was your school from where you lived? Like 12 blocks. Okay, so, okay, so walkable. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Walkable. And then, you know, I was like, uh, <laughs> in high school, being a teenager, I was it was very hard for me to wake up in the morning. So, yeah. yes, I would cab it <laughs> for four and a half sure. dollars because 450 <laughs> to like, you know, to Ramaz, the 78th and um, Park, between Park and Madison. So no big deal. Yeah. But um, sometimes you have to. Yeah. yeah. So so you moved to New York. Did you have any idea how the subways would appear? No. What they would be like? No. I did end up in Bumblefuck somewhere. <laughs> Queens. Like deep Queens once. Just I went thought I was way. going yeah. downtown. But I went to Queens. <laughs> Took a light E train. I was for 14. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 14. And I was like never been on this stupid F train before. I don't know what this is. F, so the F is for fuck this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea what was going on. So uh, how did you make friends? Just through school? Yeah, because I was like the Israeli girl. So everyone was like, oh. Well, what, okay. yeah, how exotic. Yeah, yeah. At, the, at Ramaz, you know, you're just <laughs> yeah. like killing it. You're like a little bit more Jewish than everybody else. Yeah. And I was like very good at sports. I was like very sporty always. What sports mm-hmm. you play? Um, well, in Israel, I played some basketball too, but it was always tennis yeah. mm-hmm. for me. And I did some ballroom dancing because the Russian Jews, I mean, it's their thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, Yo, but you, you yeah. got to dance. Yeah, okay? yeah. So, Wait, so did I they have that. a ballroom dancing like club or like team or something in school? No, no, no. I didn't do it here. Okay. I did it in Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so tennis was kind of... Wait, wait, I'm sorry. You yeah. come here and you make it just in time for bar mitzvah season. <gasps> bar mitzvah season. Did you kill... I no. Oh, oh. no. My parents were just like. I'm not saying like just at yours, the, yeah, but like yeah. you go to someone's. Yeah, they were just like go to the ones you, like the people you know, and I didn't really know that many people at the time, so I, was, I just went to a couple. Um, but it's a whole other vibe here. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. A whole other vibe. But um. Well, how is it different in Israel? Well, in Israel, in those like. High, like upper class Jewish communities like they will have something that's kind of like a wedding mm-hmm. you know here it was more like an actual event and one of the people had like Adam Levine perform <laughs> and I was like why is Adam Levine at someone's bar mitzvah and he's then, not even Jewish by the way <laughs> yeah I don't know what was going on and then when I was older I went to my friend's brothers and um this who was there? I think it was Busta Rhymes. I was like, why is Busta Rhymes performing? Here? Performing, not just as a guest. Yes, oh, that'd be I mean, like we all love if you did like I mean, an Aaliyah or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like hip hop is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, why is Busta Rhymes rapping his ass off right now at this kid's bar mitzvah? Right. But it was great because that kid's a man now. So you know, yeah, he's it's a man. It's yeah. A whole man. <laughs> so wait, were you listening to hip hop in Israel? Yeah. American hip hop. I was American hip hop. That was my thing. That's the only thing I listened to. I was right there with Usher. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, that, you know, that was my favorite. And, you know, listening to Eminem and like the Black Album at Jay Z at a 10 year I don't know why. Yeah. Guys, I really don't. But like all those songs, Laffy Taffy, all of that. Yeah. I was like, 
50 Cent was my favorite. Love it. I thought Candy Shop was an actual candy shop. <laughs> I was like, yes, I don't know why these girls are dancing, but right? it's lit. <laughs> and I had no idea what he was saying, so I was just like singing along, kind of. But... You know, and then it's all about the, the music. That's the right. Hits, right. And it was, it was just like on the radio. It wasn't like you had time. to like dig for it. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's the culture there. It's very Americanized in that sense that you know you get the sports culture and the music and the movies. I mean, yeah. shows on television. Like it's very like they all know what goes on here in that sense. By the time you get to high school and you're playing sports and you're fully ingrained in in the American school system, what do you do during your summers? Just playing tennis. So I had a private coach. I played three hours a day. I played with the New York Junior Tennis League. Whoa. So How competitive is that? It's It gets kind of crazy. You fuck people up. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, I don't know if, if I could now, but I did. Yeah? Um, I was invited to this private uh, tennis club in San Francisco to play for juniors. And um, you're not supposed to get any type of money if it's like a public thing, but this was private. So mm-hmm. like they flew us out and I got second place, 15 and under. So, whoa. Yeah. Like with the aspirations of doing what with it? I was just like, I'm, I'm with the money. You mean? No, with oh. the, with the okay, career. I'm Chanel back. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I really wanted to, you know, I first second, I thought, oh, I'm the next, maybe not Serena, but like Maria Sharapova. I don't know. That would be awesome. Before yeah. the, the scandal. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like those were my, those were my two favorites growing up. Like I watched Serena and, and Maria, like the first match I ever saw was the 2004 one where Maria beat um, Serena. And I was like, these two women are amazing. Yeah. And then Serena just kept winning and winning, and Maria did as like they both did really well. Yeah. So how was your serve? Um, I had a mean backhand. Yeah. Mm. Um, my serve was okay. Mm-hmm. I always tried to improve on that end, but I was known for the mean backhand. Were you playing doubles also? No, not really. Just for fun with yeah. my dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I enjoyed that. That was those were my summers. Like, That's awesome. Literally three hours a day on Roosevelt Island. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are aware, but they have like these bubbles and everything so you can play Year round. indoors and Eric uh, was uh Eric uh, lived on Roosevelt Island. I did. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, for yeah. A, a good year and a half of my life in his <laughs> bubble. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um but so you played tennis also for your high school team too? I played for a year for high school. And then what happened? I did I did a year and then it just doping allegations. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> no, it's just that I I liked the the public stuff better yeah. because there was more competition and it was a better vibe for me. Um but yeah, I did try it just to see like, oh, Vic, everyone was telling me, you know, you should do it because you're good and it'll be good, but I wasn't really ever like I didn't get the whole oh you have to do extracurriculars like here I don't like in Israel it's not really a thing really yeah so like everyone is interested in something you mm-hmm. know and it's good to do things but it wasn't like oh this is good because you're going to college right right like this is gonna help you at right. some point um, yeah and then my mom really wanted me to focus on SATs junior oh. year yeah exactly I mean that was her interest <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah she was like you gotta cure cancer so. <laughs> I was like, listen, I can't be Serena and also cure cancer. Right. So here we are, <laughs> not Serena. <laughs> so how'd you do on your SATs? I did. I didn't do great the first time. The second time, I did much better. Yeah. I did. Uh, like I think mean I got mean backhand. I, yeah, I think I got like a twenty fifty. 
Oh, that. yeah. You went during those years. years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're more of the. Uh, I guess they switched it yeah, back we're, now. We're yeah. how you say older <laughs> when it was a different scoring system. Yeah, they did. They had it out of sixteen hundred. Yeah, you know, top out of yeah. sixteen hundred. You're like talking about astronomical scores. You're just like, oh, you know, twenty whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like a whole other. It's like a whole. Yeah, but I remember they were talking about the differences, but in between those two, you know, scoring whatever they call it tables or whatever yeah but yeah that's uh, that's what i got did you take and I was prep like, courses I can, too I can go to college now i did a, like a three-month thing yeah tense princeton review oh my god because the first time because the first time i didn't do that well and they were just like you're really bad with the time frame yeah, yeah time management yeah i was terrible because i was because i'm the type I'm, i need to f- finish one thing before i go to the next and they're just like you got to be quicker yeah so i feel like see i took i took either princeton review or, or one of the competitors right kaplan and maybe maybe it was kaplan i really don't remember at this point but they really did like they, they give you these like little tricks to try to like get through it mm-hmm. and i feel like it twists your way of doing things so i feel like well that's the whole point of learning anything it no no but i feel way. like it, it's the opposite of learning i think they just wanted me to get a good score on this test rather than me like you know sort of take any of this in for sure so I feel like whenever I read, I was reading a book last night, right? Mm. And I feel like I'm just like my eyes are skimming over things because of what either Kaplan or Princeton Review oh, taught wow. me to sort of like get through it like get really quickly. It, yeah. yeah. So fuck them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I may have done okay on my SATs, but you know. For sure. Yeah. So did you know where you wanted to go to school? No. So I, I explored. I, I went to, you know, I visited Boston. Um Boston University? BU, yeah. 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 I went And I I was like, everyone was like, Boston's nice. I was like, yeah, it's nice. You know what's nicer? (laughs) The drive back to New York. (laughs) No, Boston's great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Boston University is the only place that has more Jews than Israel. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. No, it was was really, really a fun experience to visit these schools. Also, Mm -hmm. like, for some reason, we went to Harvard Mm -hmm. to visit Harvard. I was like, I'm never going to go here. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Too good for Harvard. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, MIT and all those. Because just to see the history. Wow. Well, you know? did you have any interest in going to like a, a school like MIT, which is a very technical school? No. Did yeah, you know like, what you wanted to yeah, do? Not really. I had no idea. You just, it was Tennis. what was after high school. Tennis. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm going to major in psychology because everyone always kept telling me, we come to you if we need to talk about something. Wow. Because... You know, I'm a pretty decent listener. Yeah. And I like to give advice about things I have no idea about. Right. So I was just like, yeah, psychology, yeah. sure. You know? And I minored in Spanish And literature. you lived on the Upper East Side. And I, just, it exactly. would have worked perfectly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And my mom was like, that's fine. So I was like, okay. So you graduate high school. Yes. You walk across the stage. You get your diploma. And the plan at that point is to? Is to figure it out. Okay. I wasn't, I, like, that's the funny thing. I didn't send my uh, applications on time because I was like, I don't know what I want to do or where time I management. Yeah. Where I go. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I was 17 when I graduated. I was the youngest right. in the grade. Yeah. Literally. Like November 27th, while everyone was already either 18 going on 19, I was just turning 17. Yeah, December 10th. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, yes, I was the youngest. So I was like, okay, I've, my dad was like, fine, take a year, think about what you want to do. So I did that, and, um, you know, I did some – I worked for Tory Burch for six months. Mm-hmm. Wait, so um, how was that, though, like, all your friends seemingly go off to college, right? Yeah, and then, or they did a year in Israel. A lot did a year in Israel. Really? Yeah. And you weren't going to do that? 
No, because you'd been there. Yeah. Yeah. You've done 10 years. Yeah. Back there again. (laughs) Right. So. um, Was everybody just like discovering almonds and you were just like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, I mean, I love going back there. Don't right. get me wrong, but right. I was like, I'm, I don't know if I want to live there because then it's you're with family all the time, and I was just like, I'm not going to be productive. I'm not right. going to learn anything. Yeah. Um, and I entertained like the fashion world for a little bit. I was like, maybe you know, tap into that. So I was. Which part would you have? You know, the the on the like more public relations side, mm-hmm. probably not like mm-hmm. manufacturing. Just <laughs> like no, I can't sketch for shit yeah. either. Can like, you I know I can't sing. I can't do anything. To be honest. I'm I'm useless. I can I can tweet. <laughs> you know. So so um, Tori Birch, you were there for how long? For almost six months. It was like five months, five wow. months something. Did you and enjoy it? I I loved it, and you know I got to do um, September Fashion Week. Wow. With them. So that was really cool. Yeah. And yeah. How did your time end there? And what did you decide to do after that? I, so then, you know, my, my dad said, listen, figure it, like, what, let's do this. So um, I sent a bunch of applications and um, I got waitlisted for NYU. So I went to Hunter for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but psychology still was the, yes, the move. Psychology was the move. And uh, I loved NYU. And I still lived at home because my brother was tiny. So I yeah. wanted to be there for that, you right. know, and I was helping out a lot. Like my mom is super like, we're not doing babysitters. We're not doing any of that. So I raised that kid. Yeah. You know, so that was fun. And I didn't get to party or do all of those things that people in college do until I was maybe 20, 20, going on 21 already. Right. So um, at which point you graduated from college or you got a good fake ID. <laughs> You finally got it at age 20. So here's the thing. I have really dope friends in nightlife. <laughs> so that helped. Yeah. I wasn't getting carded or anything like that at some spots. I'm not going to mention the spots. But right. Yes. Um, but yeah, like around the age of 20, 21, I, um, I had those friends. So that was cool. And I'm always the type that has like friends that are older mm-hmm. for some reason. You know, like I'm always the youngest. Right. Um, or younger friends. Like people my age suck. I don't know. <laughs> You're like I'm. I like everybody except for people who I was forced to be friends with because of yeah. like you know classes and stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So um, yeah. I don't know. So the, the nightlife thing kind of happened, and that was like oh, like you know, like I know a lot of people in nightlife, and that's yeah. cool. And you know, like Sundays at Gold Bar, and um, you know, just like hanging out with Andrew Goldberg from Tao and all these guys. Like yep. love them. Um. So, yeah, I have a lot of DJ friends, so, you know, I would go out, like... Well, who was your first, like, entree into this? Because it doesn't just, like, happen that you're just, like, there, and then the owner comes over and is like, well, now sit in my booth, you know? Yeah, no. I don't know if you guys know anything about Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) Oh, but you do, because you're a ballroom dancer. That's right, yeah. (laughs) I actually know nothing about Dancing with the Stars. Um, Actually, our mom does. Shout out to our mom. Shout out, mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my two really good friends, Max and Val, are on the show. They're professional dancers. They're Eastern European Jews. Mm-hmm. From, from New York? Bro- from Brooklyn. Okay. They're Brooklyn All kids. Right. Um, love them to death. So, you know, they're just from being out and stuff. And I, I'm really good friends with their best friend who they grew up with, Alex. Um, and, you know, they were always at those places. So we became... Okay, here's how I became friends with... Alex then introduced me that to that whole Dancing with the Stars crew. 
Kobe Bryant was following me on Twitter. Sure. Okay. As he does. He's a Kobe. Alex was a Kobe fan. <laughs> and he was like, why is Kobe tweeting this girl? Who's this girl? There's no way there's a girl who knows so much about basketball. So he follows me. We realize. Kobe does. Kobe was following you. Oh, Kobe's following you. And Alex followed you. Alex follows me. Because he's like, who's this girl Kobe's tweeting? Why is he tweeting her? Yeah. Um, A lot of people felt that way. After Kobe tweeted me, I literally gained maybe 5,000 followers that night. Oh, see, I was going to be like, yo, Alex needs to chill. Like, looking at, like, Kobe's, like, followers. Alex is the best. (laughs) But, yeah, like, everyone's like, okay, Kobe's tweeting this girl. And we were literally, like, going back and forth about D'Antoni coaching at the time. It was 2013. Kobe had just gotten hurt, too. Like, that was the Achilles. And I was heartbroken. And D'Antoni said something about Kobe tweeting mid-game about what the game should go like. Mm -hmm. So, and... One of my friends from ESPN was reporting it. Arash, shout out to Arash Markazi. Um, he's the best. So I tweeted something, and Kobe saw it on his timeline. I, he wasn't even tagged in the tweet. He was following maybe 80 people at, at, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know who number 81 was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 81. <laughs> so, um, so I said something like, D'Antoni needs to go, right? <laughs> No offense to Mike D'Antoni. Um, shout out to the Rockets also. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was in 2013. And then Kobe said something like, if he had his phone on, I wouldn't have to tweet it about the game. Right? right. I would just text it to him. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. All right. And then I'm like, yeah, Kobe, but that was still disrespectful. And I'm like calling him Kobe because I feel like I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Kobe Bryant. Right. And I DM'd him once and I said, you know, thank you for the follow. And he said... <laughs> Thanks for all the love. And he spelled love, L-U-V. Mm-hmm. And well, you like, also spelled Kobe, K-O-B. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we're best friends now. I don't know if you realize, right. Twitter followers. Right, yeah. But we're best friends. Yeah, that's real life, yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so then Kobe responded to that with a hashtag, because he loves hashtags. The longest hashtag, he was like, um, it was the... It was the feelings tweeting or something like that. Like, like yeah. you know, something yeah. like yeah. that. And then people were like, oh, my God, he's having a full conversation. And then it was on ESPN for the weekend. Like, Whoa. Kobe tweets fan about D'Antoni. Where's D'Antoni? What's going to like, uh, happen? Kobe tweets friend. Let's just make it. Kobe yeah. tweets best friend. Yeah. And by the way, it's Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> or Cobb. <Yeah. laughs> Thanks for the L-U-V ESPN, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, you guys don't know, but... Um, but those were the times because Kobe was hurt. He had nothing to do. So he was like, oh, send me like recommendations on what to watch. And I got, I believe, I like to believe mm-hmm. I got him into Game of Thrones. Wow. Because I was like, I have a screenshot of this. Because I was like, Kobe should watch Game of Thrones. And then he DMs me back and he goes, word, I'm also loving um, Da Vinci's Demons. That was a show. <laughs> I started watching Da Vinci's he Demons. He put you on. He yeah. Put, yeah. He yeah. Put me on. <laughs> I was like, we're best friends. Yeah. I don't care what anyone has to Wait, say. was Da Vinci's Demons actually good? Or It was great. Oh, okay. You're not just saying that because Kobe recommended yes, it? Like, I was pissed. I've never heard only, of this. It was only three seasons. What is it? I absolutely loved it. it. I think it was on Stars. Okay. And it was like this show about young Da Vinci. All right. And, and his was, demons. Yeah. His demons. I think <laughs> yeah. it was eight episodes a season. And I was heartbroken when it ended because I was like, Kobe. Wait, so you were heartbroken over two things so far. Well, hold on. You know what eight times three is, right? 24. There you go. There you go. All right? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Listen, yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Also, Numerology. I know. Last, <laughs> my last name is Jacoby, and yeah. everyone's just like Kobe. And I didn't realize <sighs> that until, like, someone said that to me. Wow. You should change the spelling of your name. <laughs> it's just Kobe, right? <laughs> okay. So, yes. So, 
we're basically family. Okay. <laughs> so how did you? Okay, how did you fall in love with basketball, and how did you fall in love with the Los Angeles Lakers? Because you are neither from, you know, Los LA. Angeles. Yeah. So my dad comes home one day. I think it was the first day of Passover. Okay. And he goes, "You're not gonna believe this. There's this guy." who's so big, who's so talented in basketball now. And he turns on the TV and it's Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. It's Shaq. <laughs> yeah. He's a big guy. He's he is. a big guy. Yeah. And I've never, he's like, I've never seen anyone, my dad, super into soccer. I've never seen him really talking about basketball like this. He's like, this guy, because he was like a Ronaldinho fan and all this stuff, right? So he's just like, turn on the, tele- the TV, the game is on right now, they're showing it again. This guy, you'll never believe this. And he goes, Come here, like you have to see that how big this guy, how good he is. Yeah. And it's Shaq. <laughs> and it's a Lakers uniform. I had no idea what the Lakers were. I was six or something yeah. at the time yeah. or whatever. And they had just gotten Shaq. And I was like, okay, but who's that guy who's dunking all the time? <laughs> who's that guy who's so crafty? Who's like, you know, like yeah. slashing and getting to the rim and just doing all this fun stuff? Practicing I, free throws for 87 hours <laughs> a day. Yeah. I was like, who's, who's that maniac right there? <laughs> So that was Kobe Bryant. Um, love you. Shout out, Kobe. Uh, yeah, but that's that's how it happened. And then we would like wa- watch like reruns of games mm-hmm. together because my dad was a Shaq fan, and I, I, I oh my I, god started with Shaq. This had to be just you know yeah. really terrible for you guys. Yeah, when, devastating when the team broke up. Yeah, I mean that whole thing was crazy. Like it wasn't it wasn't good because I honestly <laughs> felt like. Kobe was going to be out too. And go to the Clippers? Or the Bulls. Or the Bulls, yeah. When Shaq said, Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. Yeah. Where were you? <laughs> I didn't know about it until like like a week later when people were talking about it at school. I had, yeah, I had no idea that was like a thing for like a week. Oh. I was like, oh, I'm late on this. It was a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, was, I had no social media. I didn't know what going on um and i never had facebook funny enough mm-hmm. like never i never did the facebook thing. good so i mean that works out well now yeah now that I everybody's mean, deleting it yeah <laughs> i mean they're late on them like i'm sure people will hear this on facebook in a year um <laughs> yeah but now they're late on everything right. so um yeah i didn't know what, what that was and i was just really upset i was really mad yeah i was like fuck shack he's <laughs> like how dare you shack did you have like a kobe jersey growing up then um, funny enough, I didn't. I had okay. a Kobe shirt. Uh-huh. It was like a Nike collab thing that yep. he did. Um, Wait, did was it wear... like a fake jersey? Like a, no. a, sh- a t-shirt like, that looks like a jersey? It was like a black shirt with uh, a snake and Kobe's oh. face and Mamba. Mm-hmm. It was very weird. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> but I did liked you, it. <laughs> did you wear Kobe sneakers? No, because I never found any in my size. By the way, Kobe. Yeah. This. yeah. But no, never found any in my size because... Mm-hmm. I think the smallest was like a seven in men's and I needed like a size smaller. Gotcha. So you come over to America and you immediately start playing basketball and take it over and that is your main sport. No. 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 (laughs) But why not? Why didn't you play basketball? I, my dad wanted me to in Israel Mm -hmm. um, and I did for a couple years. I just, I don't know. I'm not good with the whole team thing <laughs> like don't get me wrong like i'm i'm great with like people yeah but i just i didn't really know like what to do with myself yeah 
I think it was also the coaching. The coach wasn't really like very. Oh, oh my god, you are Kobe. This is yeah. Yeah, I was like, no, I just I wish I could play this by myself. Right. Well, how did how did you play with your father during doubles in tennis? That's easy because I just you took charge because to, I, I just wanted to show that I was better than him. Mm. So I was just As like, most yeah. doubles teams do, yeah. they're competitive with each other. Really sure, tough. yeah. Right. So my dad would just be like i got this and i was like <laughs> okay too late <laughs> backhand um yeah but that's what it was because my dad would always give me shit for not being fast enough mm-hmm. and then i got really fast <laughs> really fast so and i would just yeah i would get everything spiteful and bitter yeah, yeah. but but you fell in love with the game of basketball yes and with the lakers and with the lakers and that continued on through all of their championships and then during the rut? Oh, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching when we had Ramon Sessions. Yeah. And um, we had Jordan Hill. Mm-hmm. Shout out Jordan Hill. Yep. And we had um, Ian Clark. Yep. And those guys. Um, All stars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great dudes. Yeah. Bro. Um, yeah, those were, those were tough years because everyone was also getting hurt. Like, even with Dwight and Steve Nash being there, like, that was a rough year. I don't know if people realize this, but Kobe, Dwight, and Steve Nash played maybe eight games together for that whole season. Right. That's how crazy the injuries were. Right. Eight times three, 24. Oh, my God. Numerology. Guys. (laughs) Guys. But... There were such a high expectations for that season, like the Sports Illustrated cover and everything. Of course. I mean, I I feel like... You know, that was the case for the Nets as well when Paul sure. Pierce and KG came here and yeah. it was Darren Williams, shout out D. Will. Yep. Um, and sometimes it doesn't work out because of injuries, because of egos, because, you know, I mean, Steve was already, like, Nash was so, so much older and. And a little broken, yeah. Yeah, his back, he had back problems and, and, and knee problems and all those. I mean, as good as, like, don't get me wrong, Dwight is an amazing player. Right. Like, people don't really realize how great of a player this guy is superman um, yeah yeah but his back was literally broken right and um you know and laker fans are oftentimes very demanding and impatient you very much me yes <laughs> i i take responsibility and you know th- you know the frustration was there because they saw it it wasn't really working and Dwight and a lot of other athletes, like, they let this stuff get to them. Like, if fans are talking about these things on Twitter and, you know, saying mean things sometimes, and I know me as a fan, stupidly enough, have, you know, I've said stuff like that before, five years ago or whatever. To Mike D'Antoni. Sure, <laughs> sure. To, you know, to, to a lot of people. Like, I, you have the frustration, so you say things like, oh, bro, come on, like, let's, Let's get it going. But, you know, Twitter is was a was a place where crazy things were said. Right. So, um, it, like, Dwight was feeling the pressure. And he was like, I just don't see how I can be here anymore. Does that make you more understanding, then, of what they went through that season? For sure. Okay. For sure. I mean, I feel like I'm more mindful of that now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. how did you know that basketball was going to be more of a focus for your life than maybe just being a fan? Um, it kind of happened, you know, after maybe senior, like, yeah, like I, like right after college, I was just like, I don't know what I really want to do. I was thinking about 
um, taking more classes mm-hmm. and maybe doing grad school because Tish has a great uh, sports management program. And um, I was thinking about, oh, I'll end up, you know, maybe as an agent at Rock Nation or something yeah. like that. Like, I was just so into it. And um, then I did this podcast with The Fader. Um, my friend Joseph was the was the he's my friend now but mm-hmm. I didn't know him at the time he reached out to me uh, through Twitter he said you're one of my favorite people there so he when he was a content director and they did this you know playoff NBA podcast thing and they brought me on as guests and I was like I really like this I like talking about the game that's what I do on Twitter yeah you know mm-hmm. and everyone's like you're so witty you're so fast with it you know because I would watch games and live tweet and stuff and I was like may- there may be something here like if people this is these are real jobs that people have um and i didn't really know like what type like where exactly or how yeah but i was like i'm gonna pursue this let's see what happens and my parents were like okay we're cutting you off (laughs) (laughs) they're like you can live here but you get nothing yeah well Mm -hmm. what was your first move then so i did who's that first phone call or email or something i didn't really email that's the funny thing i didn't send my resume out I didn't even have a resume. Right, yeah. I was just like, you know what? I will make sure I'm at every Nike, Adidas event, anything that has to do with the game. I'm at games. I'll make sure I meet the right people at the garden. I would literally go to games out of my own money. And what would you say? And just and people kind of started recognizing me just from, from the social media mm-hmm. aspect. And then, you know, people would be like from teams or from you know whatever like ESPN people started following me and all these reporters team reporters like we really like what you're doing on there you know like you say things we can't say yeah right yeah Yeah. and a lot of people feel that way um because you know in the corporate world and I knew I didn't want to do the corporate thing because then that would take my creativity away from that yeah and then you know I was lucky enough that um franchise happened franchise magazine which is you know, a basketball culture magazine, which right. is kind of like more of, as Kobe said, in Kobe's words, yeah. mm-hmm. he said, Vic, it's more than a magazine. <laughs> and, you know, Mello felt feels that way too. Yeah. He's like, this is changing the game because it's kind of like a coffee table book that shows the artistic side of of the game and, and you know, all that other stuff that players really care about, like the well, fashion side. And all well, that. just just for a second, can you, like, obviously, like, these two things are very important. Um, your personality that people can see you on Twitter, but also being there in real life. Can you talk about, like, how important it is to take that Twitter thing and show people, like, your face? It's It's literally what makes the difference. Because I'm sorry to say there are so many great people on Twitter who know basketball, and they just they really have a heart I mean I know I've gotten emails and I've gotten DMs and people asking me how do you apply all of that into real life and I always say I'm lucky enough to live in a place like New York which allows that because everything happens here you know I the amount of dope amazing incredible people I met in the industry just from going to Air Max Day last year where Travis Scott performed yeah you know you go to like an Adidas shoe drop Things like that. You meet players, you meet agents, you meet um, uh, like people who style players. Yeah. Just like actual fashion. Isn't it amazing how open people are to actually just like talking to a stranger? I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. If I can, 
I always say, like, I sign off my emails for those for people who reach out to me. I hope my two cents help. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. And I never, like, I may be late on emails sometimes, but I always make sure to respond because that little push of, like, you know, you just really got to network. You got to keep it going. You'll get there. That's all you need to hear sometimes. Totally. Yeah. I never had that. Yeah. People tell you after you kind of make it already that you, know, you need to do a great job. Mm-hmm. I never had that. I only had literally like shit from my parents at home every day. Right. Like, what are you doing? Right. You know, but you need to realize and people oftentimes don't realize this. um, When you make it, it's not because of Twitter. Right. It's not because of tweets. It's not because you said something funny once or you said something witty or you tweeted a video that had 5,000 like retweets or whatever. It's not right. You are out there in the street, in these streets, yeah, mm-hmm. and you're literally putting in the time and the work. And and okay, so people like obviously see that, but the other thing is too, if you're a good person, people want to work with good people. They don't want to work with like assholes. Yeah, you know, just like overall, it's just like I'd rather spend my time with someone who's a decent person. So that that counts too. Absolutely. So, which is not to say there aren't like bad people in positions of power. Oh no, for sure. But like, if you had your druthers, would you rather work with an asshole or would you rather work with a good person? Yeah, but sometimes you don't have your druthers. That's the thing. That's fair. Um, Sometimes those assholes are really good at business. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's why I could never be like a CFO or anything because I just don't have the balls to be that person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. How did you meet Hoodie Mellow? Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is a great story. I love telling the story. So this summer was crazy. I don't know how many people... This past summer. Noticed. This yeah. past summer. Yeah. 2017. 2017. Summer 2017. Yes. So, um, you know, the magazine start kind of started really doing well. Very proud of my time with them, um, with the whole team, with the whole franchise team. And um, my friend from Portland who covers the Blazers... Um, Oliver Maroney, shout out to Oliver. He reached out to me and he said, listen, my friend Chris Brickley uh, trains Mello. He's Mello's trainer. He would love to, like he said that he would love to do something with franchise or meet with you guys or whatever. Um, And I was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Chris Brickley was good. So Chris is the originator of the Hoodie Mello videos. (laughs) So Mello reached out to him one night. He said, Bro, I just feel like running. It was raining. And they went to this um, soccer field downtown. And Mel was just running. He's just doing laps. Yeah, right off of West Street. Yeah. Like, in yeah. the middle of the night. In yeah. The mid- yeah. It was like yeah. 2 a.m. or 3 Yeah, 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 yeah. And video went viral. And then, you know, even the coaches, Nick's coaches were watching it. And it was like a whole thing. <laughs> and this was like when everything with Melo and the Knicks was... I mean, I don't know if you guys, if people know this, but... I've been a Mellow fan my whole life. Like, even with the Nuggets, when the Nuggets made it to the Western Conference Finals and they played my Lakers, mm-hmm. I cried at the end <laughs> when they lost in six games because I love Mellow. Yeah. And Iverson was on that team. And I love Iverson. But Mellow was just, like, my second favorite right after Kobe throughout those years. And and they are very good friends. Yeah, and they're very good friends, you know. Mellow always says I'm his big little brother, <laughs> you know. Um, and... I was just like, I love this player, you know? He's so good. And offensively, he's just, like, so fun to watch. So um, I was like, yeah, of course I want to hang out with Chris Brickley. So I go and meet Chris. I bring some 
franchise copies over. And um, it was like really, it was good. It was like a very creative conversation. This man obviously knows what he's doing. He's one of the best in the game. Um, and he doesn't just train Melo. Like other players reach out to him. And, um, you know, they had this court set up at the Sky Building, um, which is owned by Mitch Moynian and Mitch went to Ramaz also. So there you go. <laughs> so Mitch and Melo are friends, and that's kind of how it happened. And that this summer, everyone was like, KD and LeBron came in one day. I wasn't there for that day. But so the way it happened was I, I said, break, let me know if I can come through to the gym. Because I saw some friends and family there, like maybe 10 people sitting and watching. I was like, I need to see this live, <laughs> right? And Brick said, you know, um, Melo really liked the magazine. He loves it. I was like, yay. That's Let dope. me know when I can come through. The next day, I see Devin Booker on the street <laughs> randomly. I was like, what up, Book? He goes, <laughs> I'll be at the gym tomorrow. Come through. So I, I met Devin at, the first time I met him was earlier that summer at this Drake thing at Terminal 5. So um, I texted him and then he was like, yeah, come through. I'll be, to, I'll be there at 11. So I, I go, and Devin's there, CJ McCollum, J.R. Smith, Shump, Mello, obviously, Danny Green, shout out to Danny, um, and a couple other players. I think also uh, it may have been – I remember Chris Humphreys actually walked in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it was crazy. It was JaVale McGee, all these dudes. Yeah. They're all there. Yeah. I'm just like, this is incredible. To work out or to play to, or both? To, to just, they're just playing each other. Awesome. So, and Brick is standing there doing his thing with the videos and managing everything. And his friend, his really good friend, Kevin, um, who's also a trainer, is doing the videos, right? So, like, keeping score and all that. So, I was like, this is so great. So, I bring a couple, couple of copies. And that day, I had my little brother with me, Ben. Mm-hmm. And Ben is, like, the biggest basketball fan. He knows things before I do sometimes because <laughs> he's always on the app like a <laughs> maniac. And he's eight. So I bring Ben, and Ben's just sitting there like, what is this? <laughs> That's J.R. Smith. Yeah. That's Mello. And he had the best time. He's like, I'm never doing daddy day for work ever again. <laughs> he was just sitting in an office. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's all for curing cancer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's how it happened. And, you know, after they were done, I, Mel, Mello sees me I walked back in to the gym and Mello saw me and he goes oh you got the bible <laughs> so he called he called the magazine the bible which is the greatest thing and um, you know I gave him all copies so we don't print you know franchise doesn't print issue one anymore but um, I had two copies with me and I gave one to Kobe earlier that summer um, at his Tribeca Film Festival premiere and I gave the other one to Mello. That's awesome. So, you know, he just loves it. And I was there every day. And then, you know, I was keeping score one time. And it's like Russell Westbrook. And, and Russ was there. James Harden, Chris Paul came in one day. And, you know, I had a couple of friends come in who are really good photographers taking pictures. And, you know, and it was fashion week. Yeah. So... You know, we we had like this event. Dilo was there. All these guys. It was it was really really great. Who is the best dressed uh, basketball player? Like ever? 
I mean, don't you dare say Kobe in that like GQ not. shoot. It's not. Are you oh, kidding? Yeah. That's iconic. I love Kobe, but no. In the all white, all white. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. you know what? I don't blame Kobe for that because some of these players they make their own decisions. But that was a shoot. Somebody put that on him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know why yeah, he agreed Kobe. to it. <laughs> Kobe put it on himself. <laughs> somebody decided this is a good idea for a shoot. I yeah. But yeah, he looks like uh, looks like. Black Jesus. Yeah, he does. But but <laughs> but but with no bias, you you would say the best dressed person in the NBA is. Uh, I love Russ. Mm-hmm. As crazy as he is with yeah. his outfits, <laughs> I think he's the he embodies what what his fashion taste is the best. He like shows it to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has his own line now. It's called Inner City. Um, Honor the gift. And I was wearing it. I was in Boston, actually, for the Celtics OKC game mm-hmm. this past week. And I was wearing it. And usually Russ doesn't talk at all during the game. Like, it could be literally, like, his child, like, saying <laughs> hi to him. And he's so focused. This is the type of man he is. He's so focused that he literally just, like, looks like he's about to murder everyone at all times. <laughs> and I walked past the little, at half t- right before halftime, um, when they were about to leave. And my friend, who was one of the reporters, got a video of it. And... I walked by and I was like, "Look, I'm wearing your, I'm wearing Inner City." And he looks at it and he's like, "That's dope," <laughs> like that. And I was like, "How'd you get him to talk? How'd you get him to talk?" But yeah, Russ, Russ was. I mean, even in the gym in the summer, like it was all friendly. Mm-hmm. But Russ is like, "I got shit to do. Yeah. Where's everybody?" Like he was very intense, you know, at all times. Do you think that you have uh, good relationships with all these guys because you're a good listener? Um, with the players. Mm-hmm. Well, with the players, I'm, like, very low-key. Like, I... Like, even in the gym, we were just chilling, whatever. Like, Melo would be, like, every day, like, Oh, what's up, babe? Like, uh, you know? How mm-hmm. you doing? Whatever. Russ, JR, like, Pound, whatever. But, you know, I think... Shump is more, like, vocal. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we had conversations with Shump and stuff. But I don't really, like, bother that. Like, they do their thing, mm-hmm. and I think that's why they appreciate it. Um, but that whole gym was very, very secluded. Like it was, you know, they didn't really let anyone even stand outside the glass doors and watch. Um, Mel actually asked me one time to go see who, there was a guy with a video camera. He's like, who's that? I don't know him. Get him out of here. You know, so they try to keep it very. Well, who was that? Um, it was someone from one of the, one of the players. It was one of their friends, but they just don't, all the video content is Brickley's. Mm-hmm. Right. right it was black ops yeah it was something brickley and mellow started together so obviously they didn't want anyone else yeah um getting that content as well so yeah so what was um carmelo getting traded that process like for you well i had literally i had every day i had like nick's reporters espn reporters asking me can we come through <laughs> and you know Jeff Hornacek was there one day, and that's the coach. Mm-hmm. But then again, another guy I didn't mention, Tim Hardaway Jr., was at the gym every day. Like, that's one of Brickley's guys. So that could have been for that. But then I said that on Twitter, and then people are like, perv, hold on Vic, you know? Like the, the coach, Jeff Hornacek, came to see Melo play, but I'm like, Tim is also there. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Um, but I saw Mel, Mel, I saw Melo, the day before he got traded, probably t- less than 24 hours before. Yeah. That was his final day at Sky mm-hmm. that I saw him. I was walking in. He was walking out. And um, there are like, these, like, revolving doors. And um, 
I kind of like waited for him to come out and I gave him a hug. He was smiling. I hugged him. I said hi. I hugged him. He was like, I'm sweaty. And I was like, no, it's fine. Like, don't, I, I'm, don't, I was like, don't leave. Um, and you said, Oklahoma City. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, but he was, he was really smiley. So I was like, some, I was like, you good? I just like went, like, you good? Like that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm great. I was like, I'm serious about that. You know, like, I like franchise. I was like, awesome. I was yeah. like, you good? He's like, yeah. And he was, he was smiling that day, just walking out. So I was like, maybe there's something. <laughs> and then the next day, it's like he's out. And then he gets on a plane and everyone in OKC meets him. And I'm just like, there goes that. What is the difference between like a secret and an exclusive? Well, what, the way I am, I, I, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm allowed to. It's not my place. I'm not a reporter. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a journalist. Mm-hmm. So it's not my place to say how those things go. Like... I could have easily been like, oh, you know, like, Mello's smiling today. Something's about to go down. Right, and, Like, yeah. start some shit. But, again, not my place to say. Um, you know, like I said, like, Shump and those guys, they're more, they're vocal. Harden was there. Chris Paul was there. That was a whole thing. He's going to come to the Rockets. Right. I heard some conversations. Yeah. But I'm, it's not my place to repeat them, tell Twitter, tell anybody, you know. Um, some of my friends, yes, who I know are never going to mm-hmm. say anything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, even about the Kyrie surgery, like, oh, we don't know if he's going to get surgery. I knew he was getting a surgery. Mm-hmm. Not my place to say. Right. You know what I mean? And then they said they said it the next day. Who are the most trusted people that you follow on, like, NBA-wise yeah. on Twitter? Trusted yeah. in terms of, like, breaking news? Just, yeah, yeah you get sort of a sense Woj. that they know what they're talking about. Woj. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian is definitely somebody we all have our notifications on for. Right. Um, Shams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Shams actually in LA for at All Star. Mm-hmm. We were at the NBA Players Association hotel where all the players were staying, and um, I was like, Shams. <laughs> uh, I was very shook, but he was so nice. And then we saw each other the next day at this Russell Westbrook Kyrie Mountain Dew thing mm-hmm. uh, event that was right in front of Staples Center, and we were just hanging out. And he was waiting to interview Kyrie. Mm-hmm. So um, he's a great guy, and he's just like. And I was like, I don't know how you do it. He's like, yeah, Twitter's crazy, man. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> so we're just, it's the same conversation. I really like Arash, like I said. Um, but other than that, like, you know, like broadcasting-wise, like Cassidy Hubberth is one of my favorites, Kristen Ledlow. And those are people that I not just admire and look up to, but, like, I am lucky enough to, you know, have some type of friendship with. Like, we're cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, those girls, Rachel Nichols is the god, yeah. obviously. Um but yeah, all these women. There's so many amazing women in sports. Can we just shout out to the women? Yeah, first? absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I think it's the same thing with like the music industry, where it's like you. A lot of outsiders don't realize how many women yeah. actually like, drive the machine. Absolutely. Um, I feel like so many people don't realize, but the girls who run social for teams, they're girls. Like these are women, mm-hmm. right? They run the social pages. They know more about the players than any man can. And you know, like I said, social media is funny and stupid in that way, where they'll be like, "Go back to the kitchen, bro. You are literally in the kitchen. These girls know a lot more than you." Mm-hmm. Like I'm not talking about the girls who think, you know, then somebody, some girl once asked Twitter, "Why um, does New England have a team?" <laughs> When it's not in America. <laughs> like, no, it's not actually in England. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, that's the, you know, but it's funny. But, 
it's just so crazy how many women are in sports, like reporters, journalists, um, in press rooms, like mostly women, broadcasters, the people asking questions after the game, mostly women, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and a lot of these athletes really respect them. So it's really cool to see like the way, you know, LeBron is with Cassidy or Kristen or whoever, um, the way, you know, Chris Paul is like all these guys, they really, really appreciate that. And they, also like look for these girls like after the game like i personally saw paul george just like oh wait, where's cassidy like after the game like i gotta uh, you know do the thing yeah. so it's it's really dope to see and it's better now that people realize how many women are in the industry yeah how was your nba all-star weekend this year Ooh, <laughs> it wasn't a weekend i went for two weeks yeah <laughs> I was like, I gotta go. Sorry, your NBA All Star break. Yeah, <laughs> it was February. I didn't want to be here. Yeah, like, it's definitely gonna snow. You are a smart person. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I will go to Soul House yeah. every day and work from there. Um, it was great, man. I just you said it was the most exhausting week of your life. Yes, two weeks. Well, no, but like that, one that, week was more exhausting week, than the other. That week, so like from the Tuesday to the Tuesday with the weekend in the middle, the craziest week of my life. Right. Um. It was my first official All-Star weekend where I was, like, credentialed for things. Um, the highlight was meeting Kobe Bryant. Yeah. One-on-one. To, I mean, we met before when I gave him the magazine, but it was... I mean, did you call him Kobe? I said Kobe. <laughs> I said Kobe. I was like, what up, Kobe? Well, first of all, I didn't think he would remember me. But Count on Vic. He, yeah. Yeah, no. But he, I, didn't, I honestly didn't think he would remember me. And... He walked out of the green room and it's just me and my friend. There's no one else there and his PR people. And he walks out of the green room and the PR girl is kind of nervous. I could tell. She's like, I don't know if I want them here. He walks out and I'm like waiting for him with my hand out to reintroduce myself and shake his hand. He walks out, arms open. What up, Vic? (laughs) And this man is hugging me and I'm like, you're hugging me. Right. Did you throw up? No. <laughs> Did you call I, your father? I, I was very, very, very like taken aback by how humble, nice. I mean, all of that I kind of felt through social media already mm-hmm. just from talking to him. But he was not what people would think. Like people think, he's, I mean, he's very intense. Yes. But he's so passionate about what he's doing, whatever it may be at the time, that it's just inspiring. And I feel like I was in shock that he even remembered me. That's he awesome. Knew who I was, and he, I have a video of us just like talking, kind of about creative stuff. Um, it was it was the best. Yeah, it was the best part, and just doing all the work that you know franchise did as a whole. Um, you were everywhere at All Star. Yeah, like you kind of have to be. You went to. Um, I well, saw wait, you were... before before we go into that, do you think that Kobe's changed now that he's won an Oscar? <laughs> I think that it's definitely a problem for everyone yeah. else yeah, well. in, in the league. I don't <laughs> think it's, you know, I think it's like how many athletes have an Oscar? None. Shaq, yeah. Shaq doesn't. So best player ever, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and so you think that his personality, you know, has changed because of that? I think he's more humbled by it. The, oh. way, the way this Kobe is. I don't know. This is like retired Kobe. Yeah. yeah. Retired Kobe is like, I'll take the experience. I'm here <laughs> for the experience. He's not like, I want to kill you on the court. Some Like, I don't know. Like, he's just so in his early years like he just wanted to prove everyone wrong and he worked so hard because as talented as gifted as athletes are i think i respect him more because he was just like a six six like skinny kid mm-hmm. from whatever and he just like made it happen for himself yeah 
And he also immigrated. So mm-hmm. that was always a thing for me. Like he lived in Italy. He had to learn a whole other language, deal with people he didn't know, with a culture he really had no idea yeah it's like looking in a mirror for you and then he came back here and that's a whole other culture and Mm -hmm. that's why he's so well spoken i feel like Mm -hmm. because he didn't grow up in like really the streets of philly Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah but that's yeah like he he also like speaks like four languages three i don't know so you went to Doncy's uh party and uh or barbecue rather right yes so um and warren g was like levi's warren yeah yeah. all these people were there it was crazy uh matt barnes shout out matt Mm -hmm. matt was there um just shooting balls into cups like it's college um he was playing beer pong beer, i don't know if it was beer but he was playing, he was playing pong of some sort have you ever taken a wine bath a la amari, amari Sotomayor? yeah so okay so there's a story about that so when we saw amari doing that my friend rachel was over at my house and um she said, did you see this, this Amari thing? Like, she's not really into basketball, but she was like, I saw this story. So I was like, is this some type of, like, spiritual, like, Jew, Jew thing that we're supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, like, we just don't like, know do about. The, yeah. do, the, do the Jews do this in Jerusalem? Do they go? Like, is this, like, a whole, like, vampire thing going right, on? Right, right. So she's like, I don't know. What do you think? Is this good for our skin? She's like, it's grapes. It can't be bad. So we literally, like, boiled up some red wine and like we waited for it to simmer and we added like some cane sugar or whatever the fuck i don't know and we just kind of like <laughs> put it on our on our faces a little bit and we're like is something supposed to happen and we're just looking at ourselves and she was like should we post about this i was like no <laughs> like we are not yeah oh. if you can't do better than amari then just yeah. don't bother yeah. yeah what do you think of people who go on birthright oh i was gonna ask that it's a yeah. good question because like the it's it seems to me like a fairly artificial experience. We haven't done it. We haven't done it. I don't know either, like really what to think about it. Isn't it that like these these uh sponsors of it just want them to like marry into like Israeli Jews and and like well, I thought know, it was like start you, a life over there? I thought it was like more that. like you, you go over there with your group and it's like you meet somebody on that trip together as opposed to like meeting an actual Israeli. Oh, gotcha. It's just to sort of like keep Jews with Jews. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't really. I never really understood what the whole birthright thing was about, other than just going to see the country. Yeah, mm-hmm. but right. you did not go on birthright. <laughs> no, I didn't think I needed to. So no, we didn't do birthright. But um, so many of my friends have, and they still want to do. Like there are others who want to do it who mm-hmm. haven't done it. So what is the best basketball game you've ever been to? Ooh. Oh my god. So I was. I went to. If you say an NYU, like you no, know, no, yeah, the, the I didn't fighting know NYU violets. Had a team until after I graduated. No, no, no. They're more than the team. They're a family. There you go. No, yeah. Um, I think there's a bunch of good ones. I think this one that I was I just went to OKC Celtics oh. that was crazy. Oh my god! Except I you were gonna say that the except that Melo say... didn't hit the game winner. I know. I, I mean, he had two really good shots before, and then he missed the free throws, and then they lost miserably. But no, that can't be the best. <laughs> I think the I think actually the most fun one. I, I was at Kobe's last last one here, mm-hmm. but they lost that, so I, I don't, I don't <laughs> I'm not I don't count that. But I would say Knicks Bulls. Um, I forgot Jordan what year it was. Ewing. <laughs> no, it was Knicks balls, and it was overtime. So Melo hit a three to take it to overtime, mm. and then hit a three again 
to win it. Mm. And that was... That's that, pretty that, exceptional. That was pr- pretty dope. Yeah. What was the worst game you ever went to? <laughs> the worst game I ever been to, that was... Um, it was Christmas Day, 2013. Mm-hmm. So it was the 25th. Yeah. I'm there with my friend Alex. Yeah. <laughs> they are like, we're going to get drunk. Yeah. Because Mello was out. <laughs> Mello was out. Mm-hmm. Mello had a shin injury. And um, I think... What was going on? Oh, yeah. So I think it was Derek Fisher on the OKC team. So mm-hmm. OKC played here. And it was KD and Russ and everybody. And... Um, Derek Fisher was on that team. And I just remember the Knicks were getting blown out so bad. What? Like Our 40- Knicks? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound right. It was f- like 40 points. And I just remember the whole fourth quarter was just Derek Fisher. <laughs> like a 38-year-old Derek Fisher. Just like And you're like, out that here. guy is going to be the head the coach of the New York Knicks. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, no. <laughs> and we got drunk. And then that was that was the month that um, the Beyonce... Uh, album came out and we were just like we be all night like in the car after <laughs> losing who has the best halftime show i i mean that's pretty clear right the tnt boys <laughs> the tnt was, oh, Sha- shack chuck kenny and uh, kenny and ernie right all day oh see i was talking about just like, like live yeah. talking about live experience like, yeah i'm talking oh. about like you know like the the oh. phoenix suns mascot <laughs> you know like jumping oh. through the hoop I like or whatever the Bulls mascot he's fun benny, benny the, the bull, bull yeah, yeah. Benny the Bull is fun. They also have the best intro. The Pelicans, intro. the Pelicans have this this crazy mascot too, like yeah. a bird, like a big bird. He's a, but, like a pelican. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, does what is the does he do anything? I don't know. Yeah, does the pelican do something? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. He has a dope Twitter though. <laughs> <laughs> does he follow you back? I don't know. I don't know. But I remember I tweeted at him once because I was like, "You're my, you're awesome." Yeah, he's fun. Um, then he DM'd you back <laughs> and he yeah. said, "Yeah." So the. But Benny the Bull, he just like actually he did this to a Laker fan at a game. Mm-hmm. He took a full cake and he just smashed it in his face. Sma- got it, got it in his face. Is that a good thing? It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Laker fan, but also it's funny. Um, where is the weirdest place you've been recognized? Oh my God. Um, I would say Miami Airport, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Airport. Uh. <laughs> About to go on a JetBlue flight. Shout out to JetBlue. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to New York. Yeah. And someone, this guy was standing there with his friend uh, in line to get bags checked, whatever, security. And he goes, are you Count on Vic from Twitter? And his and his friend is like, bro, you're such a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, bro, you're such a stalker. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know you and I'm just like and I, was, I always have my shades on yeah. some type of shades and then I just like went like this I lowered them a little bit and um, I was like hi yeah I'm very nice yeah. you know did you so, say yes I am count on Vic I said yeah hi <laughs> you know okay yeah so um, he's like no bro she's so funny on Twitter she knows like basketball and she knows all these players and um that was pretty amazing. Like it's fun. It's fun at, t- at like games when people are like, "Oh, can we can we see you like at halftime or whatever?" Like, yeah. I always I'm always down. You're the best halftime show in the NBA. Oh God. <laughs> Please let's not make that thing. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I see they have these dog shows, like little dogs like running up on things. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they have this lady who 
like does the bouncing of the uh, of like China like just like oh yeah the thing I don't, yeah, yeah 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 and, like she dropped them once and that was a thing on Twitter like Aww. they had a video of it I don't know there's <laughs> there's, there's some weird weird ones but the next city dancers are really cool I feel like they have they have drones now and they have like all these cool yep. lights and all the stuff and you know they do a great job. Yeah. Um, I went to high school with some Nick City dancers. This is true. I yeah. my friend is the captain. Well, well that seems yeah. like you're like one up. Shut you like, down, fine. So, yeah. <laughs> we, we get it. I don't know who we went to school with, yeah. but shout out to Alyssa. Yeah. Well, Vic, we're so happy to see you in person. We're happy to see you running all things on on Twitter, and we're happy that uh, one day we're going to see you on Dancing with the Stars. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! It's you know what's funny actually. Sometimes the dancers are the biggest bigger stars than the stars they get to dance with. Yeah, think about that. Yeah. yeah. Wait, before we go, uh, I wanna. Do you have a good Jenna Luckman story? Oh Jenna! <laughs> oh her. The Jenna. Yeah. Like, yeah. The Jenna Littman. Yeah. Of Miami. <laughs> um, I mean every oh, story, soon to be New York. Every by the way, story so, is yeah. lit with Jenna. Yeah. But we did have this night in November. Um, I visited. We were hanging out with some friends at Soul House. Chris Humphreys ended up being there. Mm. And um, we went to bodega with, with our friends. And, As one and does. Him. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. and Chris Humphreys. And um, yeah. Like shared and, an Uber? Yeah, we shared an Uber. He, he, I was in the middle. So it's Jenna, me, and Chris Humphreys in the back. Well, it couldn't be Chris in the... Uh, he's a, he's a he's big solo. Yeah. It, it was yeah. a bigger... It was like one of those bigger cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we went to Bodega, and we had a great time, and then we lost him. I don't know where Chris is. Chris, I hope you're good. But we lost Chris. Uh, we went to Bodega. We were at the table together. Oh, man. I went, I went to say hi to a friend who was there. Um, and I come back, and I'm like, Jen, where did he go? And she's like... I have no. I, I'm honestly, I feel like he's in the bathroom with someone. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! She's like, I don't know. He's too. He's too much right now. Did you guys dip? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we, went, we ended up going to Eleven. Great, uh, decent strip club. Okay. In Miami. Yeah. Um, open 24 hours a day. Yeah. I like that you just like you you pulled it back. You're like, great. No. Decent. decent decent strip club no it's yeah. a decent it's a, it's a it's a good fun place and you can you can order food at yeah. 6 a.m it's yeah. amazing yeah, yeah. It's the best place ever but i'll say decent because i don't want to seem like that's the only strip club i've ever been to mm -hmm. by the way mm -hmm. oh right so, yeah. like, how, so we have to judge them how yeah. have you not been to other strip clubs i'm like i don't, I don't know yeah well why don't after this we all go to the hustler club yeah there <laughs> on you the go. west yeah. side a a good decent decent, decent. decent. yeah Spot. yeah 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 check yelp <laughs> frequent those those places. I mean I, I'm pretty sure at some point I'll end up in Houston mm -hmm. with the whole Rockets team that's right mm -hmm. shout out to, to Mike D'Antoni shout out to Mike D'Antoni I want to be, be like, in a strip club yo no that would be the weirdest place you would get recognized at a strip club with all the Rockets and Mike D'Antoni and he's like count on big yeah that would be the peak of my career well congratulations on everything and thanks so much for coming through thank you thank you guys. yeah you guys are awesome you're by awesome. the way you're the, you're the best at this. No, <laughs> whatever this is. Whatever this is, you we're, made we're, it. We're, we're decent at it. <laughs> Thanks, well, thank Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste Time with It's The Real Jeff. If people want to find out more about us, I'm Eric, you're Jeff, we are It's The Real. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called A Waste of Time with It's The Real. If people want to find out more about our music, about our Twitter, 
about our book that's available on Amazon.com, about our upcoming live shows, including The Roots Picnic on June 2nd. That's a Saturday in Philadelphia. Where can they go? You can always go to itsthereal.com, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L, no apostrophes, no spaces. You can also find our podcast, all of our old episodes, and our new ones on iTunes, search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real, or go to soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. You can also go and search for our music Please at do. soundcloud.com slash it's the real, or should you want to go on any of the streaming services, maybe you have a premium membership, hey. you can go to Spotify, you can go to Apple Music, Google Play, you want to know what? Title. Title. Any of Pandora. All of the streaming services, our album is there, Teddy Bear Fresh. Yeah, find us in the streets and maybe we'll do it acapella. Yeah, shouts to Josh. I also would say that you can find us on Twitter at It's The Real, Instagram at It's The Real, Facebook at It's The Real. Wait, wait, hold on. You know, usually those are the three that we talk about, but yeah. is Facebook a rap? Facebook might be a rap. We haven't done anything on there. Also, I was thinking about deleting my account. Yeah, I thought about that too. I thought about uh, first downloading the, the zip I did file. It. Yeah. Did, did you find out weird things like when the when people oh, unfollowed you? It no. goes to like my junk email okay but it's there it's, okay it exists yeah i thought about it too so maybe 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 no more facebook but if if you're on facebook if you're a russian bot mm-hmm. it's facebook.com slash it's the real it's also the real. we're gonna add a new one yeah i'm back on reddit you're back well i mean i was never really on it but i'm trying it now because reddit. i remembered my you're a hip-hop you're a hip-hop head i'm a hip-hop head yeah so and what do you do on Reddit? I upload our podcast there. Okay. And, and then people say nice things to me. Oh, and so that's... I'm with it. Yeah. I'm with it. That's sort of it. On Reddit, they can find you at... It's it's the real ITS, I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that um, that It's The Real was taken. That's Damn. why. But I, I don't remember. It was a while ago. All right. So on Reddit, yeah. people can find you and the podcast and nice comments. Oh, also us. someone added us on Twitch. Hey. And also um, Snapchat has been sort of active this week. Is I don't know right? what's going on. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I don't... I I don't use any of that stuff but hey no the weird thing is that neither do we represent represent people are adding us on snapchat it is it's it's the real and also on twitch it is it's the real it's the real i don't know why you're adding us <laughs> but i will do something there because people are adding us all right so here's here's the part of the conversation where we say hey guys do us a favor and listen to us and pass along the word but what i'm going to say right now is a little different this week i'm going to say a lot of people are listening to us and that's dope mm-hmm we do want more, and it's cool if you spread the word about us because, again, we like the kind compliments. Yeah. But thank you to all the people who listen to us each week, and we want to shout you guys out. And so we're going to do that right now. Jeff, who do you want to shout? I want to shout out all of my Reddit family. There you go. Everybody. <laughs> Reddit family? Yeah. I'm very active over there now. Yeah. It's me and all my Reddit friends, including Bro Nerds, <laughs> Sweeney One, yeah. a good friend. Uncle Ben 137. Yep, yep. Um, Classic Reddit users. And uh, A Fegan B. You know. You know, just people who say things like do an AMA or shout out to the tribe. There you go. Or great interview with Fonte. Uh, he's one of my personal favorite MCs, and you all did a great job as always with the interview. I agree. Or y'all are some of the illest and freshest hashtag hip hop journalism out there right now. Oh, journalism. Love. Journalism. Yeah, you know. Also, Such like, a- been a fan of y'all podcast for a while, quality guests. 
hashtag quality, hashtag yes? No, but uh, you want to know what? How are we going to find those comments if they don't use hashtags, Jeff? I like that you shouted out your Reddit family. Well, they're I, part of the tribe. I want to shout out another member of the tribe who's actually family with us. And I feel like, you know, sometimes he gets shine. And I think, feel like there's a lot of people who know him out there. Dan? I want to shout out our brother Dan. Dan does not get enough love except everywhere he goes where he gets all the love. A lot of Dan fans out there. Yeah. Hashtag Dan fans. <laughs> I, I want to shout out Dan who listens every week he is our most loyal listener dan doesn't have to listen because usually he walks through yeah he, but it's nice that he gets the the click for us it is nice we appreciate dan we appreciate the fact that dan doesn't mind when we have someone over here late talking about their sats and their driver's license and their up and ups and downs in their career and we thank dan for being a part of the podcast he's been on the podcast a couple times mm-hmm. we just appreciate dan we're dan fans yeah i would say dan is part of the click and by click I mean, that's what we should start calling our fans. The Click. The Click. Yeah. Shout out to The Click. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, guys, we really appreciate you. We appreciate you listening every week. We appreciate you spreading the word. And we appreciate whatever you think of us, good, bad, or journalists. No, if you call us bad, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. That's exactly right. You're not part of The Click if you think that we're bad in any way. As always, Jeff, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. See you guys next week. (laughs)